Thank you guys. Thank you. Nick, Shone, for just your love and uh, yeah, your friendship more than anything. I mean, partnership equals friendship, right? And um, for us to be invited back in um, to just be with you this morning gave me a sense of emotional response to just even what God was saying through the worship of just how, how, how present He is with you guys. And I'm just so, yeah, I'm grateful for what He's, he's continuing to do um, through you as a church since we were here last. And last year, in, my wife told me, I don't even know this because I thought we were here in July, but thank you Jesus for partnerships in our marriage. That they give us our last July. no June last year. Yeah. June. June. Give it to break yeah, 100%. <laughs> last year in June, I have it written in my Bible and the areas underlined of what God was saying to you guys. And I want to start there, which I didn't plan, but I want to quickly highlight some stuff. Last year, I wrote to Adventure Church 2022, June. The title was A Life Giving River Church. And uh, we looked at a whole bunch of things of just how God would see you as a church that would have, at all given stages, very large number of trees along both sides of your river banks. Many would come to that river, reading out of Ezekiel 47, every kind of living creature that, uh, that swarms will, will live wherever this river flows from. There will be huge numbers of fish because the water will be continually flowing from this place. This place, Adventure Church, will be a place of fresh water. Fishermen will stand beside it. There will become, it will become a place where nets are spread out to dry, just meaning that there's going to be continuous um, abundance and continuous life just flowing from that. All kinds of trees providing food will grow along both sides of this riverbank. Each month they will bear fruit because the water from this place will be fresh because it flows from the sanctuary. And as we were worshiping just now, I just had this presence of just that, that, that sense of just the, the sweet presence of the Holy Spirit flowing from this place. And it's like a sanctuary, it really is. And it got me emotional because it's just, you know, to, 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 to hear of the prophetic picture of what God has for you as a church is like for him to confirm what he wants you to be as a people. And it's so exciting to me. It's like it, it makes me come alive like you cannot believe. It excites me like you cannot believe. I've just seen that this is who you are. Adventure Church, the life-giving river church. So June last year, 2022, to where we are now and being so excited for our time together. Two parts of what I want to share with you this morning. The first part is a personal encouragement um, to you as individuals in the context of Adventure Church. So there's two parts to, to our time together. And then we're going to trust for some personal prophetic words and just see what God might want to say. The first part of individually, I feel like he was saying to you as a church, um, in your individual walks with Jesus is that he's calling you to walk closer in the season ahead than you ever have before. And I got a picture of a lot of disruption, a lot of moving parts, um, a lot of like kind of like those very over-exaggerated Hollywood movies of when a tornado comes through. And I felt like that there were in aspects of your personal Spaces and your personal lives and even family dynamics and businesses and everything else that comes with it, we can quite easily get caught up in these tornadoes of our lives. And um, here's the thing that I felt to encourage you with, and I said to Nick, it's always so hard, like God gives you like this quite like non-encouraging, but yet it hopefully will become <laughs> quite encouraging to you. But aspects of the whirlwind are from the Father. And I think we've got to learn in the season to have discernment to realize that actually he causes some whirlwinds to, to stir up around us because he's actually unsettling a whole bunch of things that were never meant to be there in the first place. The catch, though, is to not get caught 
in the lies of the of the whispers of the evil one through the unsettling of things. And what I mean by that is that with all the uncertainty, with 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 all the different moving parts, what we have to pursue the most is the prominent voice of the Lord in the storm and in the hurricane and in the unsettling. And just when, you know, things in this world can entangle us into it so easily. Paul says, you know, do not let these things entangle you in the season ahead for you as individuals in the context of Adventure Church. I want to encourage you, do not be easily entangled. He's called us into a space of <coughs> wanting us to continually believe in the truths of what he says about you. Not the lies of what the evil one wants you to continually hear. And so as you see these different things, you know, Jesus was tempted. But he never believed the lie. And I feel like that's a really, really strong encouragement to you. Is that there's things in, in your lives that he wants you to be absolutely certain. That the pain in and around certain contexts has got a purpose. And it's part of the plan. It's part of the destiny. And the encouragement is, do you actually believe it? Do you believe more of what he says about your preferred future, of who, you, of, of who he says you are? Or are you going to continue to go round and round and round and round and try and figure things out yourself? And figure out, is this the lie or is this the truth? My title of the message this morning is, Believe in Christ. Believe in the truth. Build on that thing. And it's so easy for us in the, in the seasons and the things that happen around us, the things that are not in our control, things in our marriages, our relationships, all sorts of things, like you get so caught up in this vortex of, I felt Jesus saying, do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? You are my beloved. You are my inheritance. I've chosen you. I died for you. And I know these are all things we know. And it felt like I was, as I was writing this out for you, I was just like, Lord, these are such simple truths. But I feel like he's bringing you back to a place of realizing the simple truth of accepting that you have put your faith in him. And that this season now, above all other seasons, is not the season to even entertain a moment of a, of a lie of the evil one. Not even for a moment. In fact, to a point of any kind of distancing tactic that you can find, I felt was the phrase the Lord gave me for you, a distancing method. Rees preached beautifully at some place I don't even know, and I don't even know when. I'll tell her, like 2012, she'll be like, what are you talking about? Um, probably last month. But just of these spiritual rhythms and disciplines in our lives, and I think those are distancing tactics from the lies, because the minute that we get caught into this place of going, I, I, I'm entertaining the lie for a moment, then all of a sudden you're like, you're in it. Do you know what I mean? You're starting to listen. You're starting to have that conversation. What was the last conversation you had with the Lord about the truth of who He says you are? What, when was the last time you sat down and had that? And that was the vulnerability of the moment in worship I just had as well of just the Lord saying, are you actually going to continue going around the same bush over and over and over again? Are you going to, are you going to actually believe who I say you are? And intimacy is has a two-way two -way extremity. So there's an extremity in our intimacy with God, and there's an extremity in the intimacy that we align to the lies of the evil one. And both have consequences. One have an incredible consequence of God knowing, and you knowing, that He's called you to be in a place of absolute solid conviction that he is the one that you stand on that he is your goodness he's your presence he's your peace and then there's this twin tower this peak contention between being pulled into this place of actually believing one aspect of the lie of what the evil one says you are that you're not worthy that you you, you won't make it your marriage won't make it your business won't make it it's all this like constant tension and these two intimacies, and I use the word intimacy very lightly when it comes to the evil one, but you can become very intimate with the lies of the evil one. And that's a dangerous place to live in. That's not a place that he's called us to live with, live in. 
He's called us to live in a place of complete intimacy of the truth of who he says I am in light of his son's death for my very soul. When we start looking at our lives through this, this lens of I am a child of God because I am a soul and my body requires that I continually push out the lies of the evil one from the space of any kind of influence. It's like I ditch every opportunity of believing the lie of what the devil has over my life. And what do I do with the opposite side? The twin peak side is releasing the glory, releasing the goodness, releasing the presence, just being free, releasing his grace, releasing his peace as we cancel out the lies of the evil one. Even these headlines that like, what's the last conversation headline that you've had in your head that goes over and over and over again? What is that? Like, I'm not good enough. I don't know if I'm good enough to be an apostolic voice to Adventure Church. There's a lie that came to me yesterday while I was running. I'll be vulnerable with you. Because like, I see a greatness over your church that I, I would be in the privileged position to one day say that I, I spoke prophetically into Adventure Church, but the, the evil one would come and try and lie to me and say to me, no, you don't have enough authority. That's the lie of the devil. But then I refuse that lie and I grab hold of Jesus and I say, Jesus, I know what you have called me to. It's certain. The purpose behind the pain is part of his plan for you to realize that every single thing that he's declared over your life is true. And it's an identity thing. It's, it's, it's not going round and round. Knowing who we are. Sons, daughters, beloved, accepted, loved completely able to put all of our, 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 our trust into him of who he says he is. And I want to ask you these questions. Do you know who he is? Like, do you know who he is to you? Because like, when Jesus said to Peter, it's on this rock that I'm going to build my church. That was, that was the exact revelatory moment that Peter had for himself personally of realizing who Jesus was. So like Jesus, he recognizes this moment. He says, yes, absolutely. This is, this is what I'm building on because you now see who I am. So if we're going to deny and decline the lies of the evil one, then we've got to know who he is. And we've got to know who he is for us in a, in a personal capacity. Because that builds up a desire for people around us and for others to know him. And I love this outreach that's happening next week. But I want to encourage you. If that's the case, know who he is. It doesn't mean stop the bus, everybody get off. But it is a time to church, adventure church. Be very sure of the foundation of who you know Christ to be for yourself. Is he your hope? Is he, is he your rock? Is he your grace? Is he your peace? Is he your king? Is he your savior? A fun exercise to do is like, even with, with the family and kids, those with families can say, just a dinner, on, uh, dinner table conversation, like, who do you see Jesus more to you? Do you see him as king? Do you see him as priest? Or do you see him as prophet? And it's very, very interesting to see the kids' responses in those moments as well, and also yours, because your heart will be preference towards the revelation that you had of Christ at first. And then it's also an encouragement that whilst that's cool to know that you see him as your king, you see him as your prophet, or you see him as your priest, in whatever context of the revelation that you had of him, but then it's also cool to reverse engineer it and see if you don't see him as your priest, actually maybe start to get to know him as your priest. If you don't know him as your prophet, then it's like, Lord, I need to see the future, and you're the one that's going to show me that. As Nick said, the prophetic should never be the first port of call for confirmation of what God's saying to you. It's the second, third, fourth port of confirmation of, God, what, of what Jesus is already saying to you. And that's what's so vital for us to realize. Is that if we're going to be a people that's going to be out there and we're going out there. Number one, ditch the lies. Every opportunity of what the devil's been. I'm going to say this to you over and over and over and over again. I never, ever, ever... Once I was preparing this message for you, I never want to get to the throne room of God and say, I, I, I hung around, please God, I live till you know, 85 or 90. 
but I hung around for 80 odd years believing a lie about who you, it's just a lie. A, a, a lie about my identity, a lie about who I can be, a lie about my, 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 my ability to be a good father, my lie, the lies about being a good husband to my wife, all the lies. I don't want to get to the throne. I want to be able to be just in this glorious moment of going, I ditched the lies. And just pursuing who he says you are. Ditch the fear as well. Like, you know, Grace in the other night was, I noticed that every time I put him to bed, he was, he was incrementally each night creeping over more and more to the edge of his bed as, as I was putting him to sleep. And then the one night, he was literally on the edge of his bed. And I was like, dude, what is going on here? Like, and he's got a three-quarter bed. So, like, it's not a space issue. It's not a queen bed. Queen bed. It's like, just, there's no space issue. So I sat down and I was like, you know, the Holy Spirit stirs something. Like, ask questions, you know. And these are the ditching the line moments. I'm like, boy, why are you sleeping on the edge of your bed? What are you doing? So he, like, says to me, he's like, does this with his eyes. He's like, look there. So I'm like, what's there? So he's like, look look there at the curtains i'm like what's there at the curtains like I'm, I'm i'm not clicking he's like something's behind the curtain i'm like oh my boy no no that's a lie it's a lie of the enemy nothing's behind the curtain nothing's gonna get you my boy you can go to sleep tonight you can be in absolute peace and reassurance that nothing's going to get you from behind that curtain. And just seeing that release and belief in his heart that God's got him. And it was such a moment in his life to realize that there's no boogeyman behind the curtain. And I know it sounds silly that we're talking about boogeyman. But you take that and you put four decades onto it, guys, and we're all experiencing it's the worship that made me cry. Now I'm the weeping prophet too. Flipping <laughs> embarrassing. Jesse, you're not allowed to take photos of me crying, bro. But it's the it's the it's the ditching of the lie over my son's life every night, going to bed saying something's gonna get you. And that's a lie of the enemy. Nothing's gonna get us. His goodness is pursuing us, the word says. His presence surrounds us. His grace is sufficient for all of our needs. Every single one of them. Sufficient for all of them. His peace is the umpire of my heart. And the purposes of his life are at an extreme level that when we get to the throne room of God, when we get to experience this eternal presence with this glorious one, we will never, ever, ever be able to encapsulate the glory of who he is. So not one lie can co compare towards that. It pales in comparison to the glory and the presence of who Jesus is in our lives personally. And it's the most enduring matter at stake in our lives right now is to realize the eternal glory of Jesus in our lives. It's the most enduring matter of, at stake. Every area of my life the eternal glory of Jesus Christ. I'm pursuing it in my son. I'm pursuing it in my marriage. I'm pursuing it in my business. I'm pursuing it in my mystery. Why? Because that is what matters the most. And when if we ditch that opportunity to say the lies cancel. That's why the word says. Take, take captive every thought. Because if you allow just one thought to come in. The devil starts to play the games. Woman at the well. The, the, the story we all know so well guys is that the issues of, of blood for 12 years, what happened in that moment for her was that she ditched the lies. She would no longer accept the fate of death or despair any longer. She ditched the lies, she pursued Christ, she grabbed hold of Him, and she said, I am not going to be sick. I will not be sick. Just if I had to touch the garment, I know I'll be made whole again. That's a moment in her heart that she came to realize that I don't have to believe this lie of sickness over me. And so, friends, if you're going to be going out there, you're going to be reaching out, you're going to be evangelizing, ditch the lines, ditch the headlines, grab hold of his heart more than anything else. 
And there's three three things I felt to share with you before just um, sharing. Oh, Lord, I really hope it's an encouraging word for you from Haggai. Always a good book to read from. Um, but three very quick things um, that if our hearts desire to live in a place where we're ditching the lies and we're pursuing Christ and we're believing what He says, these are three very quick things that I, I think are very helpful, are going to be very helpful for you individually in the context of your church. Firstly, is that our desire for community increases. Because when, when we come out of a state of, um, there's, a, there's a psychological, there's an emotional, there's a wholeness period of healing that happens when you start to ditch the lies, which is really important. And I think if you, if you haven't submitted that into this like, kind of context of whoever's shepherding you, I think that's very important that you, you let people know that these are the series of lies that I've been believing and I need counsel in them because what happens is that you get isolated from community based on the lies. And so one of the really cool things is when you start to ditch the lies, you come into a place of community. You want to be part of the fold because you no longer believe in the lies. And so that's really, really important. So many run around accepting the lies, accepting them, accepting them, believing them, etc., etc. And then what happens? They start to put shame on themselves and they don't feel valuable enough to be part of something. So shame abounds when lies are believed, when lies are believed that you're not good enough, you haven't done enough, you're not gifted enough. And what happens? I don't think I need to be there. And that's every aspect. That's coming over for a dinner. That's making a phone call for a birthday. That's celebrating other people. A released heart of lies is drawn into community because it realizes that it needs to be part of community. And it's very important for us to have that. Um, secondly, another sign of ditching what the devil says and pursuing is that we allow the Spirit of God to literally, as he, at, at, at his inception of what the Word says he does, hover over our lives. And it's every part of our lives. So just that aspect of our minds, our hearts, our marriages, the things that we free of from the past, we allow the Spirit to continually hover over those areas. And I don't want to use like, like just strange terminology, like what does that mean? But like you let him hover over it. Like let, let his spirit flow over your marriage. Let, your, let, his, let his spirit flow over your friendships in a way that you even speak about it. Like when we, when like Nick's a very intentional person with these words, like some might call it calculated to agree, but I see it as an incredibly intentional way that every word that you speak, you're allowing the Holy Spirit to be activated in a moment, which I love about your leadership. Those are ditching what others might think in preconceived ideas. I'm allowing the Spirit to be, uh, for the Spirit to hover over it. And it's every area, guys. It's, it's just allowing the moment, just right there in worship. Holy Spirit, hover over my, over my heart. We cannot afford in this season, in the in the backing down of the lies that we're having to do the whole time for us to not receive a courage, a boldness. Because the Spirit, the Spirit will never lead us to a lie about ourselves. The Spirit will only tell the truth. And so when you're allowing the Spirit of God to hover over you, you know, you guarantee that He's never going to lead you to a lie. He's only going to lead you to the truth. That's what the word says, right? Sons and daughters of God, led by the Spirit of God. So letting the Spirit lead you in moments. Like, and if you hear Him, learn how to hear His voice. Like, attune your spirit to how you hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Like, sometimes there's a gentleness that He comes. But the gentleness comes with a caution. And you get caught up in these moments of going, Is that me or is that the Holy Spirit? Learn, learn and discern the difference between the two because he, he wants to caution you if you're allowing him to hover over your life. There's another side of it in hearing the Spirit of God and there is more of a um, correction nature. That's more corporate. So even those that have got like the gift of prophecy among you, 
learn to discern between the two. Very gentle, with something of a constant, I need you to move in this direction, I need you to change this. Like, between Reza and I, my wife, if there's something that has to change, he will speak to me in a way that I've now heard or learned how to hear that he's wanting me to change that. If he's talking corporately to us, where it's like a wider picture, even for our church context, there's a totally different tone that comes with that. So it's, if a cancelling out of the lies means that we have to then discipline ourselves to hear the Spirit of God and what is he saying in what context. Also very important for us. Important for your togetherness. Because you don't want to bring in a corporate word that was actually intended for you personally, and you want to bring a personal word in that was intended for you corporately. Does that make sense? So being cautious of that. Thirdly, we're repenting a lot quicker. If we're, if we're ignoring the lies, we're repenting very quick. Because we have all fallen short of the glory of God. And we are needing to realize that if we want to walk and run in the things of what God has intended for us, we do not allow an opportunity, not even, not even an hour opportunity, for us to not be quick on our knees to say, Lord, I'm so sorry about that moment. I'm sorry about the lie. I'm sorry I acted a certain way. I'm sorry, Jesus, forgive me. Humble my heart. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And remember, grace has already been given. Mercy has already been given. Right? And there's no need to go into a whole theological teaching on this. Nick can correct me if he feels differently. But we've received both those things already. So what we are doing is we're thanking Him for the mercy and the grace already received. And I think that's also important is that we're living in this place where we're wanting to be led by the Spirit of God and we're not wanting to believe the lies of the evil one, but then begging for mercy and grace every two seconds. What are you talking about? That is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. He died. He gave it to you already. The minute I say to my son as well, he said the other night, it freaked us out. He's like, I'm, I'm going to hell. I'm sorry? That's going to get someone's attention. I'm like, what, what, what do you mean? He's like, no, not convinced. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, no, either hell or heaven, I think I'm going to hell. I'm like, whoa, it's great for an eldest child. Um, yeah, let's just take a few steps back. Um, and then you just got to massage it into his heart. Oh, so when I make a mistake, the mercy's already there? Yeah, it's there already. You've already accepted Jesus. Oh, Oh, when you've done this, the grace is already there. Grace sufficient for all your needs. Oh, I don't have to keep on... No, saved once, always saved. You know, and living in that space of realizing that is so, so, so important. So my friends, those three things I felt very, very, very simply to encourage you with is to personally start ditching the lies, release yourself from any guilt, shame, hurt, and release it to Jesus again and just say, Lord, I'm going to walk in the fullness and the truth of who you say I am. Like, and be very aware of it. Be, a, be aggressively aware of it. Like, if there's one thing, cancel it out in the name of Jesus. If there's something that you need to deal with, deal with it. If there's counsel and wholeness needed, deal with it. We can't cancel stuff out and pretend it never happened. Because God also wants us to be whole. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. All good. Are we still friends? <laughs> Can I carry on? Great. The second thing I wanted to share with you corporately, um, and I think like Nick always does, if anyone's leading a meeting, I want Nick to lead the meeting and intro me, take him anywhere in the world. He intros the context of prophetic so well. And why I say that is that, like, I'm going to read from Haggai, and I want to just remind you of something before I do that, is that the prophets of old would, would hear from God for, they would, in a, in, in a rough term, I'm using this, this phrase in very loosely, teleport into the future of what God, they see God do, and then they would mention randomly in the middle of some scripture, if you read through some of the prophets, they would mention a random sentence, which is the now. And so the prophets would see the now, and then they would see the future, and they'd come back, and they'd just be between these two moments. And it was relevant, why am, I why am I telling you this, is that when I read what I feel to read with us this morning, is that you realize that there's some now moments, and then there's some future moments, right? Mm -hmm. um, also very important to realize that 
the prophets were called for, 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 by God to, to, to encourage, to envision, and to allow for their hearts to see what is coming. And that's also important, is that we can't just disregard the prophets because they're still relevant in today. So, I'm going to read the whole book of Haggai. Unbelievably so, Reza's like, good luck to you. But we're cool with time, right? And I'm going to read super fast, and I'm going to highlight a couple of things that I really believe are for us. So if you want to go to Haggai, I read from uh, the only uh, translation that you should be using. It's called the CSB version, the Christian Standard Bible. Um, just <laughs> That's what uh, Brad does, but anyway. Um, so corporately, I want to encourage you with a message of hope um, from the book of Haggai. I just made myself a note there to remind you. Um, and... Uh, this prophet um, was speaking to the people of Judah um, during a time when they were struggling to rebuild their temple. So just coming into the context of that, Haggai was a prophet um, who lived during the time when uh, the Jewish people had returned to Jerusalem after being exiled in Babylon. And uh, the temp temple in Jerusalem had been destroyed by the Babylonians and the people had been scattered throughout this entire empire. When they returned to Jerusalem, they faced many, many, many challenges in rebuilding their city, never mind the temple that God needed them to rebuild, including a lot of opposition that he is referencing in this book. And the reason why I'm giving you that much amount of context is that I want you to know that you will receive opposition in the season ahead. He's calling you to build a temple. It might have felt as though you'd been in exile slash wilderness. But I need you to know that even in and amongst all of these difficult circumstances that they face, there is an unlimited resource from the Father for this church. And so we're going to look at that. That's the, that's the positive that we're going to pull out of this and be very spiritually awakened as a church as we read through this. Please um, forgive me for my pronunciation of certain things. I'm, um, yeah, I just, I struggle with pronunciation, so I'm not trying to mock the word if I can't pronounce it. I just, I just say I can't. So in Haggai chapter one, it says, a command to rebuild the temple is the title of my Bible. I've got a note here for this prophetic season for you in, in, are we in April, babe, at least. I've got that right, right? For <laughs> April. There is a command to you in the season and venture church. So, in the second year of the king of Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Jelatiel, the governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Jehassodak, the high priest. The Lord of armies. I needed to remind you this morning that the Lord of the armies has called you as a church. I don't know if that has settled in your hearts as Adventure Church, that the Lord of the heavenly armies has called you. These people say, the time has not come for the house of the Lord to be re rebuilt. The word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. It is time for yourselves to live. Is this, is it a time for yourselves to live in your panelled houses while the, this house lies in ruins. He's referring to the house of the Lord. That needs to be rebuilt. Now the Lord of the army says this. Think carefully about your ways. Please can I ask you just to highlight that. It's one of the key things for you prophetically in the season. Is that I need you to. The most important thing I want you to consider there is. Think carefully about your ways. So there's a strategic warning there. There's a strategic alignment um, as a church. Is think very carefully. Like you're going out next week, that's thinking very carefully about things. That's strategy, right? You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never enough to be satisfied. You drink, but never enough to be happy. You put on clothes, but never enough to get warm. The wage earner puts his wages into a bag with a hole in it. Sure. Context, right? This might be personal for you, while it might be for you corporately. Have you in the season past planted much but harvested little? 
personal corporate, not to be answered, right? It's not a workshop. You eat, but never have enough to be satisfied. Consider that, please. Continues to say in verse 7, The Lord of the army says this, Think carefully about your ways. Second time, guys. Th second time. Think carefully about your ways. That's strategy talking. Go up into the hills, bring down lumber, and build the house. And I will be pleased with it and be glorified, says the Lord. Adventure Church will be a place where, exactly what I feel here prophetically for you, is that the Lord will be pleased and glorified from this house. You will, you will tangibly see that He is satisfied and is glorified through this place. You expected much, but then it amounted to little. Okay? That's again the context of what is He talking? Am I talking personal here or prophetically, corporately? When you brought the harvest to your house, I ruined it. Why? This is the declaration of the Lord of the armies. Because my house still lies in ruins. While each of you is busy with your own house. This is where I challenge my heart to say. That is an encouragement to you. Is that they say it's not the time to build the house. The Lord then says, no, no, guys. Adventure Church, time to build the house. Hello, my boy. Hi. Then he confirms it twice again. I need you to build this house. Why? Because my house still lies in ruins. And to just put that into context, it's not like God's house somewhere is lying in ruins. Is the advancement of the kingdom requires that churches must be built that glorify His name and that He is pleased with. And so I feel for you prophetically it's you <laughs> have been busy with your own house. And it's not your own individual house. It's not your this or that. It's none of that. It's His house that is needing to be built. And so He says to us twice already, consider things carefully. Consider your next steps carefully. It then goes on to say, so on your account, the skies, with, the skies have withheld the dew of the land its crops. I have summoned the droughts on the fields. This is terrible. And the hills on the grain, new wine, fresh oil, and whatever the ground yields on man and animal, and all that your hands produce. Jeez, okay. The people now respond. The, the Zerubbabel, son of Jelitzel, the high priest, of, uh, high priest Joshua, Joshua, son of Jehoshaphat, and the entire remnant of people, obeyed the Lord their God and the words of the prophet Haggai. This is a season of a absolute strenuous obedience because the Lord God sent him. So the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, delivered the Lord's message to the people. I am with you. This is the Lord's declaration. Adventure Church highlighted in my notes here for you. In this season, I want to encourage you that I am with you. The Lord of the heavenly armies as He's stirring within you clearly the sense that I see prophetically that you are building a house that He will be pleased with and He will be glorified. He will be pleased with it and He will be glorified with it. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, uh, sorry, then the Lord roused the spirit. Roused the spirit. Like, I feel like this, even hearing you guys go up, there's going to be a rousing of the spirit. Of things like you're going to get excited about things and he goes through them and he says and the spirit of of the remnant of the people they began work on the house of the lord of the armies their god on the 24th day of the sixth month in the second year of king darius it goes on and it gives different promises etc etc and i tricked you by saying we're going to read the whole book but i want to tell you this guys a very very serious prophetic like kind of thing that I have in my spirit for you is that you will be called a house that pleases and glorifies God. 
It says there in Haggai 2 verse 8, God promises that the silver and gold are His. It's His. He's going to use that to, you, to, 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 to build a temple through you that will shake nations. Shake nations. The treasures of the nations will come and fill this house, Adventure Church. I hope these words, honestly, friends, are encouraging you to seek Him, to seek Him, to be intentional. He was so clear there in those few verses of just being intentional, being careful. And I've written this prophetic word for you guys for the season. To be reverent, because the word fear came out there. Be reverent of the Lord. Holy moments. Take off your shoes. These, this is holy ground. When you go out next week, not giving instruction, direction, whatever it is, but it's a holy moment. This is reverent. This is careful. This is intentional. Because we are, you are seeking God's will to build His temple. And build a place, friends, where there's great peace. You know when you walk into this home, and it will always be the case with you know, church leaders, and the, the temperature of God's presence and peace in a lead couple's home is the measure of how the church's presence of God will be felt. And you carry as of that. You, you, you're here, obviously, in your home. And it's evident that He's here. And it's evident that His provision is going to be abundant for the season ahead. And so I want to encourage you guys, move forward with great faith. Move forward with great courage. Move forward with guidance on His every step that you need to take. Every single step. We have a couple of prophetic people in our church and I've asked them to pray um, for this time. And one of the couples sent this um, through voice notes and then I just interpreted it and I typed it out for you. So the story of the third untapped well of Jacob in Genesis, I believe is a powerful reminder to Adventure Church of the abundance that will be available in building the house. Even in the midst of difficult circumstances that are beyond emotional capacity to carry. When Jacob arrived at that well, he encountered extreme opposition and strife. Yet he persisted in his pursuit of the water that lay beneath the surface of the third untapped well. And as a result, he was blessed with an abundance of water that sustained him and flocks beyond his own boundaries. In the same way, Adventure Church, this isn't theirs, I just kind of interpreted for them. You too will experience that abundance that God has for you. If you are willing to dig deeper than you've ever dug before and persist in your pursuit of His truth and His promises of what you originally heard you will encounter the obstacles and you will encounter the oppositions. They've already come your way. But remain faithful. Keep your eyes fixed on Him because it will lead to that abundant, flowing river and life as He's promised to you. Final scriptures. And in summary, ditch the lies, release God's glory, goodness, grace, presence wherever you go and resist him resist the devil the most enduring matter above it all is the eternal glory of Jesus that's the most important thing right Psalms 20 verse 4 may he give you what your heart desires and fulfill your whole purpose Psalms 20 verse 4 may he give it to you friends May He give your heart's desires and fulfill, and fulfill your whole purpose. Zechariah 4 verse 10 Do not despise small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begun. The Lord rejoices to see the work begun. And then lastly Romans 11 verse 29 God never, God never God never changes his mind 
about the people that he calls. He never decides to take back the blessings he has given them. Be encouraged, Adventure Church. Believe in him. Build on him. Resist the lies of the evil one. Persist and pursue that third untapped well is where the blessing and the provision of God that will see nations come to you just explode. So I encourage you with that as a church. So we can end a recording here and then you guide me if you'd like some personal prophetic words to be recorded separately. The Lord bless you. We love you guys so much. Can I pray into that first and then can yes. we do corporate? Yeah. Is that cool? Can we stand together? Right. Thank you, Lord. God of Jacob, God of Abraham, God our Father, Lord, I thank you for your word that guides, leads, and streamlines our hearts and our thoughts towards you and where you are wanting us to go. God, I thank you for Adventure Church that there I trust through the working of your precious Holy Spirit would have been a, a stripping off and a, and, a, and a removing of any lies of the evil one over any hearts in this room right here, right now, Lord. Lord, you are the God of the instant. You are the God of the right now. And so right now I pray, Lord Jesus, just a deep work and a removal of anything, Lord. Past hurts, past labels, past curses, past things that have just happened, past circumstantial things. Lord, would you remove that from hearts among us right here, Lord. And I pray, God, that you would give us a great courage for the season ahead. Lord, you're stirring an emotion, a desire. I can, I can sense it. I don't always weep. <laughs> but Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm sensing a deep, 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 deep desire for the pursuit of what you would want to have happen through this church that you call. You are not a God that doubts the decisions he makes. You are not a father that disappoints. And Lord, even right now for those moments of what might be behind the curtain, God, I pray right now, Lord, that you would remove all fear, that you would remove every aspect of, I, I just can't put my complete faith in you. God, right now, right now, I pray, a deep down, deeper than it's ever been within our spirits and our souls, a trust and a hope that we can put our faith in you again, God. There's nothing behind that curtain that's going to get us. The boogeyman's not coming. God, may we lie spaciously within queen beds, within king-sized beds of just your goodness, your grace, your provision, your kindness, with just an absolute surety of your comfort, but not a comfort just to be coddled, but a comfort for courage that we could, as, as, as Adventure Church, would be able to reach out God, from a whole place, from a secure place, from a, from a knowing who they are in you, Christ, and in you alone, Lord. I pray over them right now, even just your anointing afresh. Let it rest on them right now, Lord. We speak of your, your, we speak of your Holy Spirit like you, you're not even in the room. You're right here with us. Hover over every single heart and soul in this room right now, over our children, Lord. Just even over this home, Lord, over this estate, hover, I pray, Holy Spirit, come and hover. You have no boundaries. You have no preference. Come, Holy Spirit, hover. Thank you for this, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Awesome. Um, you said two things there, and... and you guys can have a seat. Um, how do we position ourselves in, in this time to receive this word? And I felt God challenged me with, with two things. And, and first is out of Romans 8. And it says that the Spirit Himself bears witness or testifies to our spirit that we are sons of God. Mm. 
And, and there's something about the legal transaction of the word witness or testify that's important. And mm. um, Hilton made the statement earlier. He said, Nick, if you agree with my theology on this. And, and I once heard a statement that says, uh, once we, are, we get saved, we no longer rely on Jesus as Savior. We rely on Him as Advocate. Mm. And there's something profound about what Hilton was saying in that, that the Holy Spirit testifies on our behalf. And what is He testifying to? He's testifying to our identity because that's the thing that's at the foundation of the lies that we hear. Yeah. And, and so on the one hand, I really believe that we, we're going through a season of having the Spirit Himself, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, as you see in Romans 8, testifies to our spirits of our identity. And the purpose of it is out of 2 Corinthians 1 from verse 3, and it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, as Hilton said, that the mercies have all been given out already. We just have to receive them. Come on. And it says that the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves have been comforted by God. And I really believe that there's been a season for many of us of affliction. Mm. And, and out of that, as we allow the Spirit to testify against the lies of the enemy and yeah. testify truth into those afflictions, so we receive the comfort. And the byproduct of that is that I feel that God is shaping testimonies. Mm. And the testimonies are those of ditching the lies and, and embracing yeah. the, the, the truth of Jesus Come in our on. own lives. Because how do we comfort those who are going through times of affliction if we ourselves don't have a testimony of saying, even in the midst of affliction, we ditch the lies and grab hold of the truth? So good. So I really just felt for us that there's something of a, of a positioning for the fruitfulness. And, and maybe in, that's just something that we can just encourage one another in, mm. pray into, and, and recognize that God is busy doing something. Yeah. He's doing a mighty work. And this, this is such a word in season. This is a word that's readying us to walk into the promises. Yeah. And, and I know for me personally, in a vulnerable thing, it feels like for the last while, some of the promises that God has, spoke, has spoken, that the, the outworking has gone in the opposite direction. Yeah. And I'm saying, sure, Lord, you've spoken promises, but it feels circumstantially that we're going in the wrong direction. Mm. And this, this message this morning just realigns us that the promises are not over. The promises are, are still to be fulfilled, but they're coming. Yeah. And they're coming. But God is busy, and they will come from a place of stability and a place of testimony for the, sure. for the season ahead. So that we stand firm and we can bring others along with us. Because this is not an isolated journey. Yeah. This is a journey where we get to journey with others and bring them alongside. So my brother, I appreciate that word. Absolute pleasure, man.